following message is presented by First Baptist Church of Morgan City, Louisiana. For more information, go to the website www.fbcmc.org. Now the message. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be starting off in Psalm chapter 16. Our theme for today and for next Sunday will be on the theme of joy. We've talked about how in the Christmas story, uh, Jesus came to help us believe He came to give us hope. But I think more than anything else in the Christian life, if you don't experience joy, I think you've missed out on it altogether. What what brings joy to your life? What is it that really does bring joy to your life? What does it mean to experience joy? You see, joy is more than just a emotion. It is a state of being. In other words, no matter what's going on around your life, if you know Jesus Christ is your personal Lord and Savior, One of the fruits of the Spirit is joy. Top three, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, humility, and self-control. But what is it that really brings joy to your life? How can we maintain joy in our lives on a continual basis? And what kind of an impact, either positive or negative, does it or the absence of it have in your life? So as I began preparing for this message, the debate was in my house was this. Can you have joy without peace? Can you have peace without joy? Are the two interconnected? Does the absence of one negate the presence of another? Can you have joy in your life with no peace in your life? Well, we're going to look at that some more next week. But I want to talk this morning about what are some things in your life that do bring absolute joy? Is it hearing a a beautiful song, a poem, seeing a sunrise or a sunset? As I mentioned just a minute ago, in my life as a pastor, I get a lot of joy just seeing God working in your life. I get a front row seat to everything that's going on in the life of you and your family in this church. And that brings a lot of joy that God would allow me to be involved in what's going on here at this church and in your life as well. I love it when science verifies what has already been declared in Scripture. You see, science has proven that there is a close, close relationship to the presence of joy in a person's life and their health and their well-being. Here's what science has discovered. There are neurotransmitters in your brain. The frontal lobe is described sometimes as the control panel of your brain. Uh, Your brain releases chemicals known as serotonin and dopamine throughout your body when it experiences certain things. Uh, If you experience bad things, there are different chemicals that are released. But when joy is experienced, dopamine and serotonin just run through your body and create different feelings. It affects your circulatory system, your breathing. That's why sometimes you feel a little bit flush when you get excited over something. So if I were to do a scan of your brain, watching the things that are going on in it, and I were to put a sugar cube on your tongue, your brain would absolutely light up because that is one thing that brings joy to a person. That's why we love sweets, amen? Look, I I, I splurged a little bit this morning. Uh, for breakfast, I usually have a bowl of cereal. Uh, this morning, I had some of Miss Susie Sanford's fresh-baked rolls. They were warm. They had butter on them, and they were uh, baptized in pure cane syrup. 
I tell you, I had some dopamine and some serotonin being released into my body this morning because it's been a long time since I've had that. But there are certain experiences that you have in your life that release those two chemicals. It impacts your life. Uh, science proves that uh, joy, uh, it affects your digestive system. It affects your breathing. It affects your longevity. And it's also found that people who suffer from chronic depression have very, very low levels of dopamine and serotonin in their body because that joy is not there. The brain is not producing them. What does that have to do with what Scripture says? Write this verse down. Proverbs 17, 22 says this. It says, a merry heart does good like a medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. Proverbs 15, 13 says this. It says, a merry heart makes a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. Let me tell you, friends, this song that we sing, Joy to the World, there's a lot to that. There's a whole lot to that. As a matter of fact, you see the theme of joy woven throughout the Christmas story. And we're going to look at that over the next couple of weeks about how in the life of a believer, joy is so, so important. Imperative almost, you could say that. And our joy and peace depended upon each other. Can you have one without the other? When the angels first announced the birth of Jesus in Luke chapter 10, verse 2, they said, don't be afraid, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people, joy to the world. And that's what Jesus wants to produce in your life right now as well. What are you going through? What is robbing you maybe of your joy? Have you yet to fully surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ and really experience the joy that comes from that? Let's open up our Bibles to Psalm chapter 16. We're going to read this entire chapter together, so let's stand out of honor and reverence of the Word of God. I was just going to read the second half of it, but I, I think the whole chapter is worth reading. Uh, there's a lot in this, and there are some key words that point us to the topic of joy. Beginning in verse 1, it says, Preserve me, O God, for in you I put my trust. O my soul, you have said to the Lord, You are my God. My goodness is nothing apart from you. As for the saints who are on the earth, they are the excellent ones in whom is all my delight. Their sorrows shall be multiplied who hasten after another God. Their drink offering of blood I will not offer, nor take up their names on my lips. So you see two different types of people here, those who belong to the Lord, those who chase after another God. Their sorrows are multiplied for those who chase after another God. Verse 5, O Lord, you are my portion and my inheritance and my cup. You maintain my lot. The lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. Yes, I have a good inheritance. I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel. My heart also instructs me in the night seasons. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. And here's where we pick up the real sense of joy in this psalm. Therefore, and anytime you see a therefore in scripture, you look to see what it is there for. All of these things the psalmist pronounces and proclaims 
And he concludes by saying, therefore, because I have this good inheritance, because I have the Lord before me, because I don't have these sorrows multiplied in my life, I'm not chasing after another God. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will rest in hope. We touched on the topic of hope last week. For you will not leave my soul in Sheol, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. Speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ specifically right there. You will show me the path of life in your presence. Here's where the nativity story comes in. Here's what the wise men experienced and here's what the shepherds experienced. Here's what anyone who experienced Jesus while he walked on this earth They experience this as well. In your presence is fullness of joy. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy to all of those who will come to the Lord Jesus Christ and receive the free gift of salvation that he offers through his shed blood. In your presence is fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Father God, we thank you so much for this day, Lord God. And as the Apostle Paul stated, Lord, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. We thank you that you are willing to send your one and only son to this earth to shed his blood and become that one-time sacrifice for all of mankind, for my sins and for the sins of the world. And as we gather here together today, Lord God, as a church family, as a congregation, To celebrate your birthday, we just thank you so much that we have the presence and the fullness of joy through your Holy Spirit that lives within us. And I pray, Lord God, if there's anyone here that has not yet experienced that joy in their life, that today would be that day, that they would step out in faith, receive you as their Lord and Savior, and experience true joy like they've never experienced before. And we just ask it all in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen, you may be seated. So there's three specific things that I want to point out about joy that we see not only in this psalm, but in the Christmas narrative as well. The first one is this, there is joy in seeing. There's joy in seeing, verses 8 and 11, because I've set the Lord always before me. I want to see him in my life. I want to see him in your life. I want to see him in my family. I want to see him in my church. I want to see him moving in these different places. So I have set him before me as a priority. Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That means you have set the Lord before you as a priority in your life. Everything else is secondary and tertiary. Your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ is primary in your life. There's joy in seeing him moving and working in your life. In verse 11, like I said, you will show me the path of life and in your presence is fullness of joy. What is it about the Christmas time? What is it about this time of year that when you see a particular event, you see a particular person, a scene, or you hear a particular song, it brings joy to you? What is it about this time of year? Is it the lights? Is it the Christmas tree? Is it someone special? Is it just being around family? Something that you were hoping for maybe that you received as a gift or maybe something you have given to someone as a gift. Whenever they open up that present and their face lights up, 
you get a sense of joy. Man, I did it. I found that perfect gift. They're happy. And because they're happy, it makes me happy as well. D- different emotions are experienced when we experience joy, when we see things that bring joy to us. Man, you can relate to this when you've been watching a movie with your uh, your wife, your friend, your girlfriend, whoever it is, and they see something in a scene, and boy, all of a sudden the tears start flowing and say, honey, what's wrong? I'm just so happy. <laughs> Their joy is expressed a whole lot differently than us, and we're like, man, what in the world is it all about? <laughs> I really want to see it when you're happy. What happens when you do get happy? But with seeing people happy, that makes us happy as well. And scientists has even proven, even if you fake a smile, it releases those two chemicals I was talking about earlier. And your body responds to that. What about when you see a manger scene? What about when you really ponder what this season is all about? What about when you see someone give their life to the Lord and understand that their sins have been forgiven? Look, during the invitation time, when someone responds, man, my heart starts pounding, it starts racing. Not because of what I've done, but because of what the Lord has done in someone else's life. Sometimes when I see someone get up and go to the restroom, I still get excited over that. But somebody's moving, somebody did something. But just to see the Lord working in somebody else's life, to know that our Sunday school curriculum and program has been effectively accomplished in someone else's life, It's done what it was there for. To know that God's word will not return void. When God's word lands in someone's heart and begins sprouting and producing fruit, seeing that fruit in their life brings joy to my life. And so both the wise men and the shepherds, they had the privilege of being among the first humans to lay eyes on the baby Jesus. From the highest in society to the lowest in society. God said, I want everyone to experience what kind of joy can be felt when you're in the presence of the Lord. That's one of the reasons why he came to the earth as this little baby that we celebrate here at Christmas time. When Simeon saw the Christ child, as his parents brought him to the temple for his dedication, his heart overflowed with joy. Luke 2.28 says, Simeon looked up, he took Jesus and he looked up and he blessed God. You know, I got to thinking about that as I read through this psalm. Verse 7, it says, I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel. How do you bless the Lord? What, what is it in your life? What kind of act in your life blesses the Lord? I think when you step out in faith and say, God, I'm going to trust you in this situation. I I know that seeing is believing. I've seen your hand at work before, and I'm going to trust you here again. I think that blesses the Lord when you completely trust in him, and you want to see him work in your life and other people's life. Matthew chapter 9, verses 9 through 11. I'll read a portion of the Christmas story out of the Gospel of Matthew. It says, when they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the the star which they had seen in the east, went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. Here we see that theme of joy woven throughout the Christmas narrative once again. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, 
and fell down and worshipped him. I don't care how many manger scenes you look at, you're always going to see three kings represented in the story. They're nowhere in the biblical narrative does it mention how many kings there were. It just mentions three specific gifts that they brought as they came and they saw the baby Jesus. Joy as a pastor, seeing God's work, uh, God's hand at work in, in people's lives. Why do I rejoice when one life gets impacted for the kingdom of God? Because Jesus said in Luke fifteen ten, here's what he said. He says, there's joy in the presence of angels over God, of God over one sinner who repents. Man, whenever somebody comes up and says that they've given their life to the Lord, we stand and we applause. That's just a very, very small example of what goes on in heaven when they see one sinner turn their life over to God. Seeing different things that the Lord allows to happen, that should bring a sense of joy in your life like no other. Also, point number two, there's joy in giving. The Apostle Paul, uh, he goes as far as to say it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. And we see this giving represented throughout the Christmas narrative as well. As I mentioned in verse 7, as I thought about this, I will bless the Lord. Exactly how do you do that? What could I possibly give to the creator of everything? Number one, you give him your allegiance. You pledge your life to him. Number two, you give him your worship. We bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. When you give your voice, when you give your talents, when you give your gifts to be used for the kingdom of God, there's joy in giving that because you know it's something you'll never get back. You'll know it's something that is being invested in someone else's life as well. The wise men brought their gifts. Matthew nine eleven says they brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Gold represented his royalty. The frankincense and myrrh, they were oils and fragrances that were used in the preparation of a dead body. That represented his future death. Even though his body never was completely anointed and embalmed after his death, it was a prophetic gesture that they gave. Little did they know, it was just a gift that they had to give to him. Frankincense is something that's common in our house right now. We found out that they say that frankincense is good for your joints and your aches and your pains. So every now and then I'll walk into the bedroom in the morning. Oh, I, that smell hits me. It is very, very noticeable. Man, that's frankincense. I know what it is. That's one of the gifts that the, the wise men brought to the Lord Jesus Christ because there was joy in them giving something to this newborn king. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 7, the Apostle Paul says this, But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let us each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. This season, we, we promote the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. It's going on through next Sunday. If you haven't given to that, be, please be praying about what you can give to that. That offering goes into missions. 100% of it does. Operation Christmas Child, that is a big ministry in this church. We may never meet some of these people that these gifts go to, 
some kids in third world countries uh, that we've never known, we'll never meet, we'll never have the opportunity to see what God is, but we know that that gift is going to impact their life and their family because someone somewhere cared enough to send them a Christmas present. There's joy in giving because we know it's going to impact the kingdom of God. When you give your offering every Sunday, when that offering plate comes around, that should bring a sense of joy. I don't know where this money's going, but I know that God's going to use it for something good. I know it's going to put food on someone's table. I know it's going to put a gospel tract into someone's hand. Maybe it's going to give someone a Bible. Maybe it's going to help someone pay their utility. I just don't know where it's going to go, but I know that there's someone somewhere that can use this more than I can, and it gives joy to my heart to know that I can be a part of what God is doing in someone else's life. When those kings brought those gifts to the Lord Jesus Christ, they said, we may never get this back. But what we've experienced today, we can't describe. And we've experienced something that not many people will experience. And when they brought those gifts, they had joy in their lives. Because in that moment, they knew that they'd experienced something very, very unique. When you lay out the word joy, J-O-Y, it should help you remember your priorities in life. Jesus, others, and yourself. And as a believer, if you can get those three things in that priority, if you can give to other people's lives, man, you're going to have joy like no other. Also, there's joy in telling, point number three. Not only is there joy in seeing God at work, not only is there joy in seeing God's miraculous hand doing things that you never imagined, exceedingly abundantly more than we can ask or think, not only is there joy in giving, but there's also joy in telling. You see, the shepherds, when they came, they didn't have these expensive gifts to bring to the king. All they had to do was just be there and experience and soak it in. But then after that, they went and they told everyone that they possibly could what had happened. Look at what the psalmist writes here in verse 9 of chapter 16. He says, therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. You see, your life is a billboard for Christianity either for it or against it. And when you express joy in serving the Lord, when you express joy in seeing what God is doing in other people's lives, when you express joy in giving to God's kingdom, people see that result in your life. They see your body language. They see your facial expression. They say, I want to know where you get this joy from. And then you get to tell them, Because Jesus has made a difference in my life. And he can make a difference in your life as well. The shepherds didn't bring gifts. However, what they received was the opportunity to witness to other people. They witnessed the Christ child that night in Bethlehem. And they shared with everyone they could. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verses 15 through 20 says this. It says, So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. 
And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. The more people they told, the more joy was expressed and experienced in their life. They returned glorifying and praising God for everything that they had experienced. Back to Psalm chapter 16, verse 11. You will show me the path of life, and in your presence is fullness of joy. Folks, let me tell you this. Once you experience firsthand what God has to offer you, there's going to be a joy created in your heart that you just can't contain. And there's going to be a joy created in your life that nothing in this world can quench out. Whether you have peace in your life or not, you have to make the choice, I'm going to rejoice in the Lord no matter what, because I know that my sins are forgiven. And I know that I now have a hope of being in heaven with the Lord Jesus Christ one of these days when he returns. Why did God come to this earth in the form of a little baby? Why is the celebration of his birth such a significant event? Because there's a joy that you can experience by worshiping the Lord and giving your life to him that you're not going to experience anywhere else. We're all familiar with John 3, 16. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. And whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. That's not the best news. That's really good news. And that's something that we all need to believe in and we all need to trust in. A lot of times we, we quote John three sixteen, but we forget about John three seventeen. This is where real joy comes in because Jesus didn't come into this world to condemn us. He didn't come into this world to convict us. He didn't come into this world to cast us to the side. John 3.17 says this. He says, God did not send his son in this world to condemn this world, but that the world through him might be saved. Folks, if you're saved, you should have joy in your life. That's hard to contain. Jesus himself said in John chapter 10, verse 10, he said, the thief comes not but to kill and to steal and to destroy. He said, but I have come so that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Abundant joy that you will not find in anything else. And in John chapter 15, verse 11, Jesus told his disciples this. He says, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 10 says, Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. I got one more passage I want to look at real quick. Turn to 1 Peter chapter 1.
Here's what Peter has to say on the topic of joy. First Peter chapter 1, beginning in verse 6. He says, In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. That word revelation right there just means a revealing, just like on that first Christmas day when that little baby was revealed as the Lord Jesus Christ. But the revelation that we're looking for is not his first coming. We're looking for his second coming. That revelation when we meet him in the sky, when that eastern sky parts, when that trumpet of the Lord sounds and we rise to meet him in the air. What a day that's going to be. Whom having not seen, you love. Though now you do not see him, yet believing. Look at that real close with me. Highlight it, underline it. You rejoice with joy. Inexpressible and full of glory. Is that the kind of joy that you have in your life right now? Have you experienced the joy that comes only through seeing God's hand at work in your life? Have you experienced the, the joy that only comes by giving him complete control of your life? And have you experienced the joy that comes only through telling others about the salvation that is found in the Lord Jesus Christ? Joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Seating. Joy is more than just an emotion or a feeling. Joy is a condition of your life. When you're at peace with the Lord Jesus Christ, when you know that your sins have been forgiven, when you can honestly say there is therefore now no condemnation because Jesus has saved my soul from hell, you'll have joy that you'll never experience anywhere else. Our invitation is going to be a little bit different this morning. We're going to move into a time when we observe the Lord's Supper. Uh, we, we offer an open communion here. You don't necessarily have to be a member of First Baptist Church, but what we do ask is that you know for sure that you're a member of God's family. You know for sure that you're saved. You're a child of God. Your sins have been forgiven. You're not at odds with anyone else. You've made peace with God and you've made peace with everyone around you. The Lord's Supper is a time to examine yourself. And so as we observe this, we observe uh, Jesus' broken body and his shed blood. So the invitation this morning is a time for you to reflect. Have I experienced the joy of the Lord? Do I know that the joy of the Lord is my strength? Am I saved? And do I know for sure that if I died today, I would spend eternity in heaven? Every head is bowed and every eye is closed. As the invitational music begins, think about those things for just a moment. Where would you spend eternity if you died today? And is everything in my life in order with the Lord the way that it should be?
And have I experienced the joy that comes only through knowing Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior? And if you if you have yet to experience that, this invitation is for you. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning. We thank you so much for what you've spoken to us today. God, my hope and my prayer is for each and every person here that they would find a true sense of joy that comes through knowing you as their personal Lord and Savior. And Lord, as we open up this invitation, we pray that you would open up our hearts and reveal to us any areas that we have not yet surrendered to you. And as the music is played, Lord God, as your Holy Spirit moves throughout this place, I pray, Lord God, that each and every person here will experience the true gift of knowing you in a way that they've never experienced before. We just ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. The preceding message was presented by First Baptist Church in Morgan City, Louisiana. For more information about a relationship with Jesus Christ or about First Baptist Church, including contact info, go to the website www.fbcmc.org. Thank you for listening, and may God bless you.